0: This afternoon, after we've um, been with you, we're going to see my brother and his family and we're going to have lunch together and we're going to a really nice pub. And when you look on the menu, there is different roasts that are available. There is roast beef and there's roast chicken and there's roast pork and which do you choose? Because there is the triple meat version. oh my hunger and my appetite wanted to go yes I'm choosing the triple meat version and I've had the triple meat version before and then my stomach hurts but I'm so tempted so tempted to choose the triple meat when Marion and I got married 32 years ago yeah 32 years ago By the way, it's Megan and Samuel's anniversary. Six years they've been married. Ten years together. Um, Yeah, 32 years ago, I weighed under 12 stone. And then I ballooned because of my hunger to over 17 stone. And then I dropped back down and then I went up again and then I dropped back down again. And during... During COVID, um, there was this moment where I was like, do you know what, at the end of this, I just want to be different. And I did actually drop down to 13 and a half stone. And then I weighed myself yesterday. And I'm 14 and a half stone. (laughs) I won't be having this for me appetites can be very, very powerful. Hunger is natural, but our appetites can be transformed. And that's part of what this series is all about. What are we going to hunger and thirst for? The context in which we are looking at all of this, we will go through in a minute. But I just wanted us to look again at the whole of the Beatitudes, not just to look at verse 6. It's all within the context. Seeing the disciples, he went up onto the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. We're trying to imagine ourselves being there with Jesus. And thinking, what is it that he sees? What's his vision for the good life? And what does he want to say to us? And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, We've done these ones. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for blessed are those who mourn, for blessed are the meek. What we're coming on to today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for blessed are the merciful, for Blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers for, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We have to keep on reminding ourselves that these things that Jesus is pronouncing are blessed, aren't naturally what we would go for. It's always in the context of all that's come in Matthew 4 got to keep on reminding ourselves that it's because now the promised time that people have been longing for is being fulfilled that now through Jesus the kingdom of God is at hand the kingdom of heaven the rule and reign of light and justice and life is breaking into the kingdom where darkness and oppression and death has ruled that's what we are have to keep on mind. And so when Jesus comes to us and calls us to follow and we welcome him and his rule and reign into our lives by his grace, our lives start to become transformed. The things that weren't natural, that are supernatural, they're in the image of God, start becoming more natural to us by the supernatural work of God. And We're just, in that we become so painfully aware as we start seeing things as Jesus sees things of our own poverty of spirit. We become aware of our personal poverty of spirit but also aware of our, in the plural sense, of what's been going on. And didn't you resonate with what? was being shared just the ache of where things have just gone wrong a life that once knew Jesus had just been so messed up that their choices were what our collective spirit is just saying this is wrong But into that, there becomes this awareness of the need for Jesus. And Jesus says to you, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And then we mourn over what we see. We grieve and you just heard from Rachel the grieving of what was wrong. Over our own condition of our relationship with God, of our relationship with ourselves and how we just don't treat ourselves well. And also our relationship with others as to how that overflows in terms of brokenness in the relationships around us. And into that Jesus says, you'll be comforted. I will come and strengthen you. And as a result we become more humble before God. And others, more considerate and gentle or meek, as the third one says. Not weak, because there is such an inner strength that's required to not lash out in the midst of this horrible stuff that happens. Or in desperate need to not try and grab hold of stuff at the expense of others. There's a transforming work going on in our hearts but that meekness isn't without passion and this is what we're going on to now our heart craves and our yearn our heart yearns as never before for things to be right it's just a wonderful day i'm just loved how this message in that testimony just lined up for this morning. A hungering. You, you've, you've had a demonstration of hungering and thirsting for things to be right. For justice. For right relatedness. More than anything. For relationships to be right. For us to be able to live in ways in which relationships can thrive we hunger we thirst for righteousness and Jesus says you're blessed congratulations you are now in sync with how i hunger and thirst there was a couple of things that we sang about having a vision to see things like jesus does but also recognizing his intercession for us today I was just reflecting on the intercession of Paul and Rachel for their daughter was right in sync with what was going on in heaven before the throne Jesus standing there interceding and breaking through for Rachel and for Beth who I've never even seen yet I'm so looking forward to meeting her And just thinking about the songs that were just resonating in my heart as I was listening to her story. And in some ways, we've come to like a a pivot point in the Beatitudes. Up till now, we've been um, thinking about the the poverty of spirit, the mourning and the grieving over it, and how do we handle that? We now move to a, a point of... So the life that now then flows out of all of that is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then we start to see the fruit, which Marion will talk about next time, of mercy being extended to others. A purity of heart being created within us. And this ability to become a peacemaker, this passion to become a peacemaker. And I found that helpful just to think about we... For the last number of weeks, our roots have been going down into a quality of heart, a character from which this springs up. And this whole theme of righteousness then follows on for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. It becomes the the theme in which we follow. But just what is exactly Jesus' blessing? Am I doing it right? Can we go on to the next slide? What is exactly Jesus' blessing? Let's notice initially what is Jesus not saying. Jesus is not saying, in this context in particular in which he's talking, blessed are those who feel righteous. He's not saying blessed are those who are becoming righteous. Righteous. He's not saying blessed are those who are declared righteous. Though in other contexts we can agree with that. Jesus is saying blessed are those who even though they know that they're not righteous in their own sight, in in, in their own strength, and grieve about it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. I found that fascinating just to reflect on that. All that God is saying here is to you, hunger and to you, thirst. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed are you if you crave for this as if your life depends on it. Previous to when Jesus did that, he'd been in the wilderness for 40 days fasting. You can tell I've never done that just because of the way I talk about food. (laughs) But he knew the cravings within us, as if your life depends on it. He also said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to accomplish his work. More important than the physical food. He would go for 40 days. Because more important was his desire to do the will. What does he mean by righteousness? How do you say that, Greg? Dikaiasunei. I had to write it down bit by bit to be able to work it out how to say that. But what's interesting about this is it's righteousness and justice together. We just read it translated. Wherever in the New Testament this word comes up, it's about righteousness and justice. So later when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom in his righteousness, he's saying seek first the kingdom to come. And for righteousness and justice to come. Now, when we think about this word, particularly those who have grown up within the church, it's that question of, is it rules or is it relationships? Is it the rules that we have to follow? Or is it relationship? Where do we fit? Because I want to be right particularly when I'm having an argument. But how I respond to that can have a big impact on our relationship. But I want to be rightly related more than that. Megan's smiling as I talk about that. Is it that You've been raised thinking you've got to comply with these legal principles and standards that are in the Bible. That's how you view the Ten Commandments. Or is it that this is God describing how we can continue to be rightly related in a covenant relationship? As I've been studying the commentaries, I think it's far more about right relatedness and the ways in which we live so that we continue to be right-related, then God's saying, here's what I've decided is the way that you have to live, and I just want you to comply. There's always this motivation for love, always this motivation for right-relatedness. And so I just hope that as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, for things to be right, it's so much within our hearts that it's hungry and thirsting for right relatedness. Daryl Johnson, in his book, which I would highly recommend you look at and you get, says this righteousness is all about the relational integrity and wholeness that encompasses the totality of life. Blessed are those who crave relational wholeness. Relationship with what? Four different aspects he highlights. The earth. We are physical creatures. In Genesis, we're given the mandate to look after the earth. How does this hungering and thirsting for righteousness relate to are looking after the planet and what's happening here on the earth. To other humans, we are social creatures created for community and fellowship with others. How does it relate in what we've been talking about a lot? Our relationships with other people, but also our relationships with ourself. Just think back to the testimony we've heard already this morning. The self-harming even trying to end her life. It got wrong, but God stepped in. fundamentally, and what holds it all together, is our relationship with the living God. We're spiritual creatures designed for trusting, obeying, enjoying, loving, and experiencing God's own delight in us. And the good news is, of the kingdom is that Jesus comes into our lives. Enters into all our hungers and thirsts that have get marred and have been um, the natural cravings for what God wants us to crave for. That the power of sin has twisted even into addictions. Yeah, it's into that that he's coming to change our hungering and thirsting. He rewires our distorted hungers and thirsts. And He reforms our appetites. How do we cultivate this appetite? Hunger is natural, appetites can be changed. Hunger is natural appetites can be changed that's what I want you to just keep on hearing is what I keep on reminding myself we can be transformed as we keep on pressing into this series and what God is showing us and teaching us and training us into I think one of the big things that's I've been just praying is okay if this is how it comes as the kingdom comes Let's join in with the prayer that Jesus taught us and we'll come on to looking at, which is, so your kingdom come, bring it on. Bring it into my life. May I hunger and thirst in the way. Sorry, I've got some. Siri deciding that he wants to try and do something. What would you like to search for? Stopped it. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what it would come up with. So how can our appetites be cultivated? Just ask God to transform. Say, your kingdom come. But also, what legitimate pleasures can we fast from? Just a very, very natural thing, going back to my story of food and my weight going up and down all the time. I have to fast from peanuts (laughs) and from ice cream. Over a period of time, it's not such a big deal to me. Especially those ones from Lidl's, the tomato and spicy ones. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Um, legitimate pleasures. After a while... The things that grab our attention just become whatever. We find that with television, don't we? Different programs that after a while it's just like, well, so what if I miss that? Though I'm sure some people here are just absolutely still glued to Saturday night and strictly (laughs) no eyes particularly pointed anywhere. Legitimate pleasures we can fast from for time. And then just this question I want us to really consider. What areas of right relatedness is the Holy Spirit prompting me to hunger for? What is it in the relationships that I have right now that he wants me to hunger for that I will see changed? What is it when we look out into our community? Yeah, John mentioned two things. What we're seeing in terms of the cost of living crisis. That's, that's a justice issue. That's right on the heart of God right now. And how will we respond to that? And the youth. Yeah. What do you imagine... Our youth work to be like as the churches within Tadley. What had it been before, but also what does God want to do? Will we as a congregation, as a community, hunger and thirst for this and invest our time, our resources, our money into seeing this? Because it's not something that, yeah, I think we should be doing that. But I'm compelled. By God's love, I'm hungering and thirsting for it different. What more stories may we hear over the coming weeks and years and months, weeks and months and years, similar to what we've heard already this morning, if we hungered and thirst for it not just to happen to those that we know, but those who've got no connection at all with the gospel? And with good news. How are we going to reach out to those? And then fourthly, just to trust Christ. Hope in him, in his power. To meditate on his passion. And his love. We've been singing those songs. Of his great love. Out of his great love, there becomes this deep desire. To hunger and thirst with his hungering thirsting. And what's the blessing? Satisfaction. What's the blessing? Satisfaction. Satisfaction now, but also in the years to come. Hungry and thirsting for things to be right, knowing that we're going to taste some of that now. We're going to taste it fully in the future as well. As I said, the major theme for the rest of the sermon is all about righteousness. Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. I hunger and thirst for it so much that if I get persecuted, not because I want to be, but if, I'll continue hungering and thirsting for it. Verse 20 of chapter 5 Jesus says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees. How does that happen? Will we come in on to that? And then seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I was just reflecting again that the difference that this will make in being able to live out a vision. I was just wondering whether part of our dedication is because we hungered and thirsted for it. Surely being dedicated to this relates very strongly to hungering and thirsting. And I just want us to pray. I want to give us some time to say, Jesus, what is it? Holy Spirit, what is it that you've prompted in me that just is not right? And remember, in that, he's not saying you've got to make it right. He's saying, will you hunger and thirst for it to be right, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Let's just take a moment to to allow ourselves to listen Holy Spirit prompt us right now what is it that you're asking us to be hungry and thirsty for to be right what justice issue what right relatedness issue is it that you're highlighting to us right now in our own personal life and in the world around us. Maybe even in our relationship with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you've heard what we've been just saying in within our own hearts. Help us to hunger and to thirst for this. More than anything, with the same passion that Jesus, you Hunger and thirst for this element. A hunger and thirst. Every morning at 10:38, as I pray Acts 10:38, a hunger and thirst that the church, that we ourselves will be anointed by the Spirit and with power so that the good we do, we will do good, and the good we do will glorify Jesus. And that as we pray for the sick, that all who are oppressed by the devil will be healed. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally. And that we would be aware of the power of God, the reality of God in our midst. And others would too. I pray that our hunger and thirst, that we will speak with boldness and that as we speak with boldness, God will do the things that he does. That he will stretch out his arm to heal. That even now, here in this room and those on Zoom in our community, those that need the healing power of Jesus would be healed in Jesus' name, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. And that we all would know the reality of God in our lives. As we go May these two verses just resonate within our hearts as we leave. Philippians 2.13 God who works in you, God works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God works in you. And God is able to do far more than we ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. As we go this week, may we hunger and thirst like never before for all that God has put in his heart, in our hearts this morning in particular. Amen.